SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Uh, I remember even during that time, and, and this was uh, during the beginning years of John Paul II's pontificate, and whenever I heard him on TV, because he was always in the news, especially with his travels in Eastern Europe, Poland and all, I, I would hear the things that would come out of his mouth and I would go, there's no way this person is not close closer to God than I am. Mm. Uh, you know. So I always had this sort of secret respect for uh, for John Paul II. Of course I never said this to any of my <laughs> brethren friends, you know. You wouldn't dare. No, of course not. But I I, I I, I don't mean to disparage them because they taught me to love the scripture. And interestingly enough, even though they, they do not believe in the real presence of Christ in the sacrament, they had communion every Sunday. And so they really taught me to love the Lord's Supper uh, and to love the scriptures. And so I'm really thankful to them for that. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. I grew up in a, a very uh, faith-filled home. It wasn't Catholic, but very faith-filled. And uh, But when I got to college, I had a lot of questions, asked a lot of questions, didn't really get answers, and, and would say I became more of an agnostic. Um, you know, as I then uh, moved out to Seattle, I was really, really searching. And um, But then, you know, all through my life, everything was always compared to the Catholic Church. It was it was everything and the Catholic Church, and and so I just really felt the need to um, to look into that. And I had a catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, so I, you know, that was a great resource, and and spent a lot of time reading through that. So yeah, asked a lot of questions, um, had a lot of questions about the Church as an authority, especially, and and being able to rely on that um, truth. How can we know truth? Where is the truth? This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Thanks for staying with us. Before we head into our next segment, I just want to invite you really quick to visit our website, realpresenceradio.com, for even more great content. There you can find uh, programming for your local area. You can find a podcast if you missed one of the daily shows, which I think is a really cool feature because there's so many great interviews that are happening on Real Presence Amen. all the time. Uh, and if you're in a meeting or chasing after kids and you might have missed one, you can always go back and find them there. You can submit a prayer intention and more. So be sure to check that out at realpresenceradio.com. 
Also, I think we should. I mean, we're not going to have any any call in this this uh, show. But if people want to call Real Presence Radio, yeah, tell them what that number is. That Chris. number will be eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Oh, Emily, I forgot the number. Seven nine five zero one two two. There we go. There that's, we go. Eight seven seven. You don't need to. Call I always know the eight seven seven. Yeah, yeah. That's the. So. Oh dang it! I'm so sorry. It's been a while since we got that in there, so I had to. Pick well, it up. I am really excited for this next conversation. We are on the line with Father Scott Trainer, who we have come to know quite well in the <laughs> yes, last. I would hope so. Few weeks as our new. Uh, Commander-in-Chief, our new leader for the Office of Discipleship and Evangelization here for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Welcome to Real Presence Live, Father Scott. Morning, Father. Emily and Chris, so great to be with you. Thank you very much. How is our lovely broom tree today? Oh, it is truly lovely. Uh, (laughs) You know, we're in the middle of the 30-day spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius. We have 28 uh, seminarians and a few religious sisters and a couple, a number of priests, actually, also on the retreat. And uh, we're 20 days into the 30-day retreat at Beautiful Broom Tree. Any so, graces you can share with us really briefly from <laughs> the first well, half? There are miracles happening on a daily basis. I'm oh, <laughs> I love it. Go into details, right. Uh, I love but it. But really, no, it's, it's uh, really a transformative experience for uh, priests and religious and future priests. And to, you know, Broom Tree is just such a perfect place for that retreat to be happening. Uh, it's a really place to be alone with God, and God speaks in the silence. In the silence, God speaks, as is our motto down here. So, Amen. Amen. great we, gift every year. Just uh, the, the last hour, Father Scott, we had Deacon Harold Bricks. He was talking about racism, and he was talking about the value of taking that spiritual stop, which is a pause, and listening for God's silence before we react, before we comment on issues of the day like racism. So it's beautiful that we're able to have those times, um, not just to stop and pause in our daily life, but take uh, a silent retreat, or even for those who are able, eight or 30 days of silence as a way to sort of stop and listen to the voice of the Lord. Amen. You know, uh, the whole purpose of our existence is to live in intimate and unceasing union with God, right? Uh, that's what we're called to. That's what heaven is, through Jesus with him and in him, that we share in the life of the Blessed Trinity forever, together with all the angels and saints. And to learn to grow in that being with God uh, is really help when we can take a time of retreat. And, you know, Broomtree has our, our regular uh, retreats, which are like a Thursday night through Sunday afternoon kind of thing for people who can't get away for eight or 30 days. Uh, and it's really accessible. And uh, it's been very interesting to me over 20 years of priesthood and 15 years of doing work down here at Broomtree. Uh, people are always sort of nervous about the silence. Like, oh, like, so I don't talk to people for like Thursday through Sunday. And so people have a lot of, uh, I think, nervousness about that when they, before they come. But universally, when they're done with those weekends, people are like, why haven't I not done this before? And when can I do it again? Yeah. When can I do it again? <laughs> so it think... really is something that fosters that sense of being with God, that God is with you just in the ordinariness of your day-to-day life. And, you know, we're bombarded with so much stuff in our culture today, like nonstop, constant, 24-hour news cycle. People are and what we see on social media and everything else. And to have the experience of the difference, what Deacon was saying, of instead of just reacting to that or being provoked by that, to step back and be able to share my reactions with Jesus 
mm. and ask his love and his grace to come into those thoughts and feelings and desires is just a transformative experience. Mm. And uh, that doesn't, isn't something that we're just sort of born with, but it's a habit that we can grow in. Oh, and, uh, experiences we have on retreat and other good things like that can really help form those interior habits. And it's, it's a life-changing thing. Father, I feel like what you're talking about is really at the heart of what it means to be a disciple. Um, we're, we want to talk to you about missionary discipleship, which is really uh, the great uh, vision, I think, of the church. First of all, can you describe what is discipleship? And then we'll get into maybe the missionary component of that. Sure. Uh, discipleship, you know, I mean, the word is, uh, basic meaning is to become a student. Um, so Jesus says in John chapter 15, By this is my Father glorified, uh, that you learn from me and become my disciples. Okay. Learn from me and become my disciples. And then the next word he says, the next line, the next verse, next words out of his mouth are, um, As the Father has loved, loved me, so I love you. So what Jesus wants to teach us, and not like in a schoolroom kind of way, but like that I know in my bones, is that even as he is loved by the Father, we are loved by him. And that is something I need to learn. It's a process of growing experience of intimacy with Jesus as the reality of his love for me comes alive in my heart. And so everything that the church does through the celebration of the sacraments and our efforts in catechesis and the proclamation of the gospel are really aimed at serving people in daily life to grow in discipleship, to encountering Jesus, coming to know his love, and having an intimate knowledge of him, to know his heart uh, and becoming more closely united to him in that way. Deacon, I, I, or sorry, Deacon, <laughs> still the last conversation. Father, I know that, um, I know even more than me, you've had this experience where I, I'll talk to Catholics and, and they hear things like what you just said and they'll say, how do I do that? Like, I, I want that, but I have no idea how to have that experience, how to have that encounter. Um, I, you said it's not a classroom kind of thing. It's learned through mass and catechesis. I've done all those things, but I, I feel like I don't have that. How can people in that, what, what do you say to somebody in that situation who, who feels like they're doing everything they're supposed to be doing, but they don't have that deep personal encounter, that, that personal knowledge of Jesus Christ and his love for them? Yeah, uh, I just share with them uh, something that I was greatly helped with uh, by some friends in college, some really committed Christian friends in college, who, uh, when I was asking, like, kind of what's different about your life, because they were very joyful people, like authentically joyful people in good times and bad kind of thing. And I was like, what, what is your deal? And they asked me if I have a personal relationship with Jesus. I don't know. I don't even know what that looks like or where right. you would start. So just what you're describing, Chris. And um, they just encouraged me. They said, you know, just take some time each day and talk to Jesus like you talk to a trusted friend. Tell him about your day. Tell him what's on your mind. Tell him, yeah, what you're thinking about, what you're looking forward to, what you're stressed out about. And do that just like you'd be talking to a trusted friend. And then take some time, especially in the Gospels, to let Jesus speak to you. you. know, the Word of God is the Word of God. It is God's love letter to every human being. And if we approach, say, for example, the Gospels, and we ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me to hear the Word that you, God, want to speak to me, we'll just be amazed at how often 
the Word of God actually, we can hear God speaking to us, even through Scripture, in the real things that are going on in our day. So just that simple habit of taking some time each day and talking to God, as if God would know nothing about what's going on in your day if you didn't tell Him about it. Tell Him all about it. Tell Him what you're thinking. Tell Him what you feel. Tell Him what you desire. Tell Him what's happening. And then take some time to listen. Listen in your heart and listen through His Word. And if people just that simple, that's that's uh, a, a something everyone is capable of doing. And if people will take that step and start being honest in that conversation with God and sincerely wanting to listen and asking the Holy Spirit's help to listen to God, uh, amazing things happen really quick. Can you, Father, I, you have so many. Can you give a simple little example maybe of a time in your life where you have experienced that tangible grace that has come from the intimacy of uh, walking closely with Christ? Um, I know you've, you've shared some on, on my podcast, but anything that comes to mind, just to kind of get people thinking of um, maybe how Jesus can show up in our lives? Sure. Um, there, there is a lot to choose from. I right? know. I, I'm putting like, you on the spot because you have a million of them. <laughs> I've got a lot of answers. Um, so let me just think of uh, something recently. Um, you know, I was... Uh, I was was, well, here we go. So I'm directing these retreats on their 30-day retreat, right? And my desire for them is that they would have a whole new lived experience of God's love for them, right? That would change the course of their life. And uh, walking with one of my retreatants, and, you know, we all have obstacles to experiencing God's love in our lives, like certain hurts that we've experienced and ways that We've been disappointed by other people in our lives, and that might negatively affect our ability to trust God, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was just really praying uh, in that desire for uh, things to open up for uh, one of my retreatants that, uh, you know, whatever the obstacle is would come to light, would, would come to light. And the retreatant came in the next day and was just sharing some experiences, and all of a sudden he just kind of went briefly past you know, an allusion to something that had happened about 10 years ago in his life. And in my heart, there was just like a, it was like John the Baptist leaping for joy, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, ooh, tell me more about that. And yeah. the person was a little like, well, why? And That's like, not important. Well, let's, yeah. Let's and what that opened up into was just amazing. And like, I won't go into the details of it, but yeah, yeah, right. yeah. it was, it was wrecked that, oh, there's God responding, you know? And so my desire for that person to experience God's love is from God. And mm. that awareness that there's an obstacle, that's a light that God shows. And then God bringing it to light and, and, and being able to hear that and see that as the director and uh, encourage the person to, well, let's dive into that more and see what God has in store for us. And then to see the beauty of how God moved in that and really brought a lot of freedom and healing uh, was just glorious. Just glorious. So, um, yeah, it, it just, like, God is interested in every detail of our life. Uh, he never wants us to, like, go off on our own and then come back to him later to get tanked up or filled up again. Like, he, he says, behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He, he, he's, just another thing I know I'm going on that. Um, you know, if people have a hard time saying, like, I'm not really sure if I've experienced God's love or how, in particular, what, like, what that looks like, just have a person, encourage a person to say, hey, what are you especially grateful for? So the way that God put us together is when we experience his love either directly in our hearts or uh, through other people in our lives or circumstances in our lives, 
the natural reaction is gratitude, is gratitude. So while, you know, if you just kind of put someone on the side and say, hey, how's God loving you? They're like, ah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure he does. If you ask people, what are you sincerely grateful for? Not what should you be grateful for. Where is gratitude moving in your heart? People do have a ready and concrete answer for that. And that is, they can start to recognize, oh, that's how I'm experiencing God's love, in particular, in my life right now. Oh, so good. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm at Malia And we are talking today with Father Scott Trainer about missionary discipleship. We've been focusing here the last several minutes on what discipleship is, following Jesus Christ, knowing of his personal love for us, his personal presence to us throughout our day. He never sends us off alone. He's always with us. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the missionary side of missionary discipleship and what that means. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Have you forgiven those who have hurt you, especially those who abandoned or left you after taking their own life? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus says that you can only be forgiven by God if you forgive others. It is one of the most important things you can ever do. For if you don't, you are jeopardizing your own salvation. When you refuse to forgive someone, you are not hurting them. You are only hurting yourself. Forgiveness is a critical part of the healing process, which includes forgiving yourself. Also, forgiveness may not be nearly as difficult as you think. So join us and learn how to forgive, and God can fully forgive you through His love and mercy. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I am Emily Leadum. And we are talking this morning with Father Scott Trainer, who is actually in the midst of helping lead a 30-day silent retreat for 28 folks down at Broom Cree Retreat Center Doesn't that sound here like a dream? in the Diocese of Sioux Falls. I would someday. 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 When you don't uh, have kids, you have to take all over the yeah, place. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> so, Father, we're, we're talking about missionary discipleship, and, and we were talking before the break a lot about what it means to follow Jesus Christ, knowing of his love for us. And we want to turn here now, in the, in the time we have left, to talk a little bit more about the missionary side of that. So I think some people, many Christians, may have a familiarity with the idea of discipleship, but missionary discipleship might be a new twist that they're less familiar of. Can you uh, paint a picture of what that looks like for us? Well, as a person is blessed to grow in their own relationship with Jesus day to day in the circumstances of their, their daily life, um, God always, in his beautiful providence, is providing opportunities for them to give as a gift what they've received as a gift. To give as a gift what they received as a gift. So I remember when I, uh, you know, had my faith awakening my summer after my sophomore year of college, and I happened to be volunteering at this Bible camp, and I was experiencing the reality of God, like He's real, and He does love me, and He's present, and He's powerful, and He's awesome, and I just wanted to run out, and like, who can I tell about this, right? So I think the more uh, (laughs) profound our experiences of the reality of God, just naturally, the thing is, I want to share this. You know, we do this all the time. I, I had a great meal at this restaurant. I tell my friends about it. I saw a wonderful movie. I really want other people to see it. We talk about it. And um, so the, the missionary element of missionary discipleship is to give as a gift what I've received. In and I think a lot of times people count themselves out from that. Like, oh, I can't do that because I'm not trained enough. Or I don't, you know, I, I don't, whatever they imagine is the, like the fully formed disciple. I'm not that person. So really, what can I offer to other people? And if nothing else, I just want to spend every day encouraging people, listen, what you've experienced of God is a treasure to someone else in your life. And God has arranged it that way. And somehow we learn that we can't talk about uh, religion and politics, but everyone talks about politics all the time, and it gets a little tiresome, but we've left behind talking about religion all the time. Like, what is my experience of God? Hmm. And uh, if people just share the things that they're blessed by, that they're grateful for in their own relationship with God, in their natural, you know, sphere of relationship, it can make a real difference in other people's lives. I think I, I love the point that you make about it doesn't require being a fully formed disciple before you're talking about. The example that I give is when I met the young woman who became my wife, Jermaine, I started pe- talking to people about her, um, and, and I, I, I joked that I, don't, I didn't go off and get a degree, a four-year degree in Germanology before I started talking about this woman, Jermaine. I, just, uh, I was struck. I was intrigued by her. I was falling in love with her. So I naturally told people about my experience of her, and that's what it me- So is that what it means, then, to be a missionary disciple? For sure. Like, I can invite and encourage people wherever they're at in their relationship with God, whether they're a militant atheist or they're Mother Teresa. There's a spectrum for you. Uh, (laughs) Anywhere along that spectrum, I can encourage a person wherever they're at in their relationship with God just to take a next step by simply sharing and witnessing to, with gratitude, what I've experienced and uh, received from God myself. Father, it seems like there are more effective and less effective ways to do that. What are some tips that you would have for us for how to do that most effectively to share? Because I think that there's some people that can share their experience of God and um, maybe, yeah, that, it, that it's not as 
helpful or as much of a bridge for people to encounter him as opposed to other people who share about their experience with God. And it's like, man, we're not our hearts burning within us. So what are some tips that you have for people to be effective in that uh, transmitting of their own relationship with Christ? Yeah, uh, another great question from Emily Leadham. <laughs> I'm so sorry, <laughs> Father. I am really tossing no, no, you it, some It really is a great question. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> but it's a big question, right? So here's the thing. The, the bottom line is my evangelizing activity, my sharing Christ with other people, has to be rooted in a sincere love for the other person. Uh, and, you know, love rejoices in what's best for the other. And if I really love someone, it's because I've come to know them. I can't love what I don't know. So if I come to know a person and where they're at in their life and where they're at in relationship with God, that can really help inform the way and when and how and by what means I share uh, my faith with them. You know, uh, if someone uh, has you know, grown up in a family and for whatever reason, they just don't have any trust of the church or of Christians, you know, the best thing I can do is to help build a bridge, a bridge of trust with that person, right? Uh, Sherry Waddell talks about a, a great series of um, uh, thresholds of conversion or discipleship. And, you know, it goes from trust to curiosity to openness to seeking. And that though, all those things are going to prepare for an actual experience or encounter with Jesus. So if someone doesn't have any trust or curiosity in my relationship with them, I want to help foster that by the way that I relate to them, by the way, you know, what we talk about, the way we talk about it. Uh, I really want to be aimed at, like, I want to build up trust in this person. And, you know, that might not be directly involved in the faith at all. It might be more just being a good human being to them, being trustworthy, uh, caring for them, serving them, uh, doing the things that I do if I have a sincere charity or love for my neighbor. So... I think the foundation, like, if I'm really loving this person, I'm seeking what's best for them. That's going to be based on knowing them, and then I want to relate to them in a way that, having known them, what's going to be best for them to take a next step? Father, that sounds, to me, we're walking with them. You know, it's not just standing at a a distance shouting through the bullhorn, but we're actually walking with them. With that, uh, help, like, how, how do we balance the act? So, um, we should love them, and we're sharing this with them. What do we do maybe when, when they're not heeding our advice? You know, Jesus talks about, you know, uh, 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 knocking the, the dust off from your sandals and moving on. But how do we, what does that look like concretely, though? Like, how long do we, are we in it with somebody before we sort of say, sorry, done, moving Zionara. on, see you later? You thought my questions were hard, Father. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, first of all, to recognize, you know, uh, one plant, another waters, right, and another reef. So we each, it's not like, uh, it's not like this, like, uh, I'm locked in a one-on-one cage match, you know, MMA, <laughs> MMA like, cage match on Friday night, and, you know, we're either going to come out together for Jesus or one of us is going to die. Uh, it's not that. It's not that. I want to be really clear. It's not that. Um, so, it's really... Um, Trusting in Jesus. So Jesus desires, if I, if I really, if there's someone in my life I really want to grow close, have grow closer to Jesus and his church, the one thing I can be sure of is that Jesus wants that much more. And he knows exactly how to do that and what that person needs. So if I'm, first of all, seeking 
my deepening relationship with Jesus, I'm going to get real inspirations and clarity of how to serve this person in sincere love to help them take their next step. And I'll realize I'll be also freed from false responsibility. Like, I don't have to see them every step of the way from here to canonized sainthood. But I'm in this, this person's in my life. God wants me to uh, care for them. And I want to be obedient or docile to Jesus' inspiration. Mm -hmm. And then leave the heavy lifting to Jesus. So, Father, we've got about a minute left. Uh, A few resources that come to your mind in regard to helping us become more effective missionary disciples, accompanying people. Any resources that you think are particularly helpful? Well, I do love Sherry Waldell's book, uh, Forming Intentional Disciples. You know, if you have a leadership group in your parish that wants to grow in missionary discipleship, that's a great and easy resource to as a, kind of get an orientation and a foundation. There's so many great writings on a discipleship from our Holy Fathers, from, I mean, all the way from the Second Vatican Council through JP2 and uh, Pope Benedict and uh, Pope Francis. Um, there's many great resources, and I'm sure uh, if you come to sfcatholic.org and go on our discipleship page, there are many resources available there as well. Great. Father, thank you so much for taking time away from your uh, retreat at Broomtree uh, that you're leading and joining us for this conversation. It just was a, a great joy to have you on the air with us. Thanks so much, Kristen and Emily. God bless you. You, you too, too Father. Talk Thanks. to you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, what a great conversation. Up next, I want you to hear how this local priest played a crucial role in one woman's conversion. Uh, That and so much more. So stay tuned to learn more on Real Presence Live.